I'm able to keep my head up for this entire show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still so fucking exhausted from, I think, I guess, still from L.A., which is weird. Because mm-hmm. it's been a week since I got home. But, uh, I don't know, something about getting that little sleep for that many days in a row, I think it fucks with you. I also have had, like, memory loss, <laughs> which is really weird. Like, apparently I keep telling people the same stories multiple times. Mm-hmm. I know I've done that to you a couple times. Oh, yeah. Uh, my The favorite part about that is that when you came home that night, you were very uh, adamant that that you didn't need sleep anymore. <laughs> You're just like, I can function on like no sleep. I mean, I, it might might not be very well, but I, I don't even want that much sleep anymore. I'm, I'm good with like four hours. <laughs> I have no recollection of that conversation. <laughs> you were very happy about only finding out that you can you can live off four hours of sleep a night. Probably because it's that's one circadian rhythm. I bet you I brought up the circadian rhythms because I'm very, very proud of my knowledge of the circadian rhythm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that you can say it. Yeah. And REM sleep and all that BS. Uh, here to tell you, folks, it's a lie. Get your eight hours or it'll fuck with your brain. <laughs> I feel like I've got a bunch of gravy in my skull for the last week. So that's been fun. Oh, give me a hammer. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I love gravy. If my head was full of gravy and it broke open, would you eat the gravy? <laughs> for sure. Give me a big bowl of mashed potatoes. I'm in. All right. Hey, what are you doing, man? Back away. Get away from me. <laughs> well, on that, on that kind of... Sadistic note. We'll, yeah, that's uh, fucked up, man. <laughs> we'll uh, welcome everyone to episode thirty-five of the SoCo Show. I am your host, Seth Ott. With me here, as always, is the other host, Cody Michael. Happy to be here, Seth. <laughs> oh, it does, it's it's never going to get old. I'm I'm going to continue to enjoy this because I love the no the no nonsense nature. Uh, no more, no more cute nicknames on this show. This is a hard-hitting journalism. I mean, moment. if you want cute, cute nicknames, we can. We can be like Honey Bear and Gravy Head. No, those nicknames are just for the bedroom. <laughs> oh, Jesus. A lot of uh, a lot of fun stuff to talk about today. Um, I went and saw The Strangers Pray at Night over the weekend. So later on, you're going to get to hear me describe the plot of that movie. Uh, if you're not going to go see it yourself. Heavy spoilers will be there, so don't forget to check the uh, description down below for um, for the um, oh the time stamps, uh, so you can miss that if you still want to go see the movie. A uh, lot of NFL free agency move, moves uh, today being the first day of the first official day of free agency. Today being Wednesday the fourteenth when yeah. we're recording. Could be unselfish. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk a little bit of movies. I know Seth's got a very highly anticipated TV corner for This Is Us coming mm-hmm. up. A lot of folks watching that show, so uh, a lot of good stuff for the folks at home today. Um, but first, let's talk a little Audible. Uh, if you don't know, if you haven't listened in a little while, we have an Audible sponsorship now, which is apparently crazy easy to do. And uh, <laughs> for a free 30-day trial of Audible, all you need to do is go to audibletrial.com SoCo, and we'll link to that in the description as well. Go there, you're going to get 30 free days of Audible, including a free credit. So pretty much uh, click the link, go sign up, and you're going to get your first book free, which is awesome. Um, lots of, uh, you know, typically a long book is anywhere from 20 to 40 fucking dollars. Um, so if you, uh, if you get it with a credit, then you save a whole bunch of money. 
and uh, you know Seth and I, big huge fans. Uh, you've heard us talk in previous weeks. Uh, Ready Player One, a big hit between the two of us um, for the audiobook. The Martian is still out there. If you saw that movie, the book that it's based on is an excellent audiobook. Um, and just a lot of good stuff of uh, autobiographies. Seth, I know uh, I was just recommending to you uh, Tiffany Haddish's yeah. book, um, which I haven't listened to, but I'm aware that she is the narrator of the book on Audible. So something definitely to check out. Are you going to pick that one up? Yeah, that'll be something I'm, I'd be interested in. I always like a good autobiography read by the by the author, so I'm into that. A lot of good stuff there. I'm, I'm sure she's just a fucking hoot. Um, e- even, <laughs> even if you just read it, uh, I'm sure it would be hilarious, but the added bonus of hearing her voice is going to make it all the better. So uh, maybe that's the first book you want to try, and you can get it for free if you go to audibletrial.com slash SoCo and get your free month. From there, let's get into the show, and we're going to start, as always, with Chic Tweets. I call you a punk. So one thing that caught up with us this weekend uh, after a, a fun weekend of, of partying was uh, daylight savings time. Uh, yeah, that that took an extra hour off of our already shortened sleep. So nothing like a five-hour drive with less sleep than you would normally get and a hangover. <laughs> oh, it's great. But uh, Iron Sheik, he also didn't feel great about about daylight savings time as well this week. So he tweeted, "Daylight savings, you no good son of a bitch. Go fuck yourself." <laughs> Go fuck yourself, indeed. I wonder if he feels that strongly about falling back in October. I don't know. Most I mean, people you get, like that one. You get an extra hour, yeah, but then yeah. it gets darker earlier and it's cold. And yeah, that does sound. I'm good. turning old because, <laughs> like, I like that. I like the extra sun when I used to be more of a night person. I don't like the cold anymore, which I used to love the cold. I enjoy the outdoors more, just because maybe I feel like my time is ending soon. Who knows? Sounds like a little bit of a midnight midlife crisis for Seth, <laughs> uh, accompanied by uh, yet another great chic tweet. <laughs> I call you a punk. So, like I mentioned before, we got uh, news in every area, uh, culminating in a TV yeah, format I do. and <laughs> a yuck. God. <laughs> Including a TV corner and uh, an explanation of the plot from The Strangers. Before we get to that, though, we got to start with video games. Video games! And it sounds like we got a couple announcements about uh, release dates. Oh, yeah. Yas, we did. Um, One game I talked about, I think even last week I mentioned while you were gone, I'd played up to the most recent episode, Batman Enemy Within which is the season two of the Batman Telltale series. They announced that season, sorry, episode five will be coming out on March 25th, and I'll be sure to pick that one up right away. So I'm excited for that. Uh, One other piece of video game news, I know this one you'll be more excited about, is the new Tomb Raider, the the third in the trilogy. They said this will be the last one. Yep, The third in the trilogy of the Tomb Raider saga will be released sometime it sounds like in in September they haven't officially announced it, but they kind of did a like a there's a website that someone kind of cracked into and found maybe that September 14th would be the release date. So I don't know. You played the last one, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I played yeah. both. Yeah. What do you think? Are you excited for this one? Yeah, of course. I mean, they're they're really really fucking fun, and um, 
really, really well done visually, and the game mechanics are fun, and it's just enough of a free roam to be interesting mm-hmm. without being so much of a free roam that I stop giving a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for my personal taste, Horizon is too big for me. Yeah. Um, I like a little bit of a smaller free roam, which Tomb Raider provides. Um, really have enjoyed the last couple games, and... Uh, good that they're getting the game out, the third game, here this year, hopefully mm-hmm. riding a little bit of the movie buzz that comes out this week. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, what, probably why they're announcing it. It sounds like they're announcing it tomorrow, the 15th, and then the movie technically comes out on the 16th. I feel like it's good timing to get people hyped for that and the movie uh, because the, by all accounts, the movie is like the game, like the newest mm-hmm. game. It looks like it. The action's cool, it sounds like. Kind of getting mixed reviews right now, but um, it's an action movie. I didn't. I don't expect them to be you know, change in the world or anything. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited. Very cool. Uh, Yeah, obviously, you and I have both played them. One of the very few games that both of us played. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think that says something about how uh, everyone can enjoy it. And I think I speak for both of us when I say it definitely gets a recommend from us. You can probably pick up the first one, Tomb Raider, from, what, like 2015 or so. Um, You can probably pick that up for very cheap at your GameStop if you get it used. Um, and then the Rise of Tomb Raider is mm-hmm. that the second one? Um, probably the same same type of thing. A couple of years old now, so I, I bet you can get it for cheap. Um, definitely check those out um, either either before or after you see the movie because I think there's going to be a lot of the similar similar story. Oh yeah. I'm, I wish that we had a release date on Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. We uh, we did go out last week and or actually last night. <laughs> yeah. And bought a Nintendo Switch. We bought it. <laughs> you just physically. I did. There. The, I did the the hard work. Oh, I bet it was. I had so to talk to a bunch of geeks, <laughs> nerds, gross. What do, you, what do you think we're doing here? <laughs> anyway, we got the switch. We got Mario Kart. Seth was victorious in the first cup, but there will be many more. I promise you that. No, I'm done. I retire. And uh, you're on a little bit of a hot streak right now, but I'll put you in your fucking place. Don't worry. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, we got the switch. We're ready for Smash Brothers. So as soon as they announce, whenever that comes out, uh, we'll be psyched. And obviously, you'll hear about it here on the show. And it, I know we kind of talked, you know, we did talk about last week, it's supposed to come out in 2018. Some people have been kind of speculating about whether it's going to be a port of the Wii version, Wii U version, or if it's a brand new game. Uh, Mario Kart's a port of the Wii U version as well, which, I mean, most people didn't have a Wii U, so it's basically a new game. Um, but this, this kind of going alongside with Tomb Raider coming out so soon, because that surprised me that it's coming out so soon, makes me hopeful that Smash Bros. will be out sooner rather than later. It makes me nervous when games are announced and they come out that same year because oftentimes they just get pushed back, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, I'm hoping it comes out this year and earlier than expected, so we'll see. Yeah, I hope so, too. I, I did read an article that wasn't it wasn't very optimistic. It was, it was looking at the schedule of already announced mm-hmm. um, Switch games coming out, and their schedule is kind of packed until, like, late summer. Mm-hmm. And they were. This particular article was speculating um, maybe quarter, late quarter three or quarter four. So okay. hopefully we don't have to wait that long. But uh, definitely, we will be prepared when it does come out, and I will be ready to kick your lily white ass with Captain Falcon. <laughs> Let's move over to movies. Quiet on the set. Can we please have quiet on the set? Movies. Not a lot of movie news this week, um, nah. other than, of course, the, the Strangers recap. Uh, so we decided to move it up. I know you're, you folks are probably getting used to us ending with movies, but we did, changed up the order a little bit today. <laughs> Just a couple headlines. Uh, what do you got for us, Seth? So we got a couple of early reactions to movies uh, that, that are coming out soon-ish. The first one is Ready Player One. They debuted at South by Southwest this week. 
And for the most part, there's been some really positive reactions to it uh, in, in a lot of areas that I was hoping to hear. Uh, most, most of it was that it's, you know, that, it, that it's a fun movie. It's, it's funny. It has cool, you know, it's cool visually and, uh, you know, well acted and everything like that. So I don't know. This, does this make you more excited for the movie, hearing some of these reactions? Um, n- no, I, I really don't put a lot of stock in the test screenings usually. Um, it's a, it's, I, I don't really know why. I feel like, um, I've already, I'm already trying actively to avoid thinking about Ready Player One because <laughs> I'm, I'm worried that the more thought I give to it, the more disappointed I'll end up being. Mm-hmm. Um, I am glad that people have enjoyed it so far. Um, but it doesn't give me a huge boost of excitement, uh, like it might for some people. But, uh, what do you think? Is this, are you more optimistic now than you were? I am. I know that a lot of people who go to the South by Southwest festival are, there's a lot of people in the industry, a lot of people who are critics and and just general fans. And so I am more excited by their reactions to it. Cause if they said this sucks or Spielberg is not doing well in these, in the genre anymore, um, I would, I would be disappointed, but from hearing the, the praise it's getting, just based off of you know the how fun it is, I, that's the word I keep hearing is fun. Mm-hmm. That's all I can ask for because I can't expect this to be the book. I just can't. I mean, the the bu- there's so much in the book, you can't expect it to be the same. You know. Yeah, definitely. Uh, honestly, for me, I just hope that it's okay. I hope it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as it doesn't suck, I will be very psyched. Well, kind of going off that to another highly anticipated movie this summer is Deadpool two. And they had just test screening. So that's a little different because the South by was technically a peer, uh, sorry, a premiere, whereas the Deadpool ones are test screenings where basically people will be at a theater and someone will ask them, hey, you want to go see this movie type of thing. So the, the, the kind of the reactions to it are some really, really negative ones and some really, really positive ones. So we don't really have much clarity. This has led to some, some reshoots being planned, though with more Domino and Cable being involved. So apparently people are liking them. Uh, there's been some speculation, too, that a lot of the people who... There's there's specifically one person on Twitter who was being really, really negative about the movie, and he was just a general person, you know, general fan, not anyone that's really... Because some, some critics and stuff have been able to see it, but mostly it's a lot of fan stuff. And... Um, there's just a lot of conflicting reports. This guy just bashed it for a while, and then he was asked to stop. There's also... Test screenings also have have scores too, so they'll they, they score the test screenings with the audience, and they're at like ninety percent, which is apparently really good. So it's there's a lot of conflicting things. I, what, what does this what does this lead you to believe with the movie coming up? I think that it's. I mean, Deadpool. I, I say this not as an insult, but it sounds like the movie is a total fucking hodgepodge. Mm-hmm. Which, duh, like it's Deadpool. Mm-hmm. If you know, if you saw the first one or know anything about Deadpool, of course it's going to be all over the place. Of course, there's going to be some stuff in it that's really stupid and some stuff in it that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of the um, disagreement is just around what people have latched onto, and that's mm-hmm. the same as the first one. Honestly, like there are a few scenes in there, like. When he's got a really little hand and he's making a joke about his dick, like, I was definitely rolling my eyes and, like, this is so fucking dumb. <laughs> so if that had been the thing I came out of the movie with, I would have hated that movie. Right. But luckily I latched on to a different moment in the movie that I enjoyed a lot more. So I think that's a lot of what you're seeing. There's just so much different weird shit that not everyone is going to like that it's going to end up being very... Um, Oh, a lot of disagreement. And I think also probably some people are just... Some people just want to be the guy that hates this movie. Because Deadpool is pretty much, at least the first one, it was pretty much universally liked. Mm-hmm. And so I think anytime you get to be the person who disagrees with everyone else, I, 
I think that that is a little bit of motivation to give it a crappy review. So, yeah, I don't know. And with test screenings, you also really don't know what kind of demographic they're working with. You know, um, is it a 26-year-old man that said it sucked? I, maybe. I yep. don't know. And so do I then assume I'm going to like it the same amount as him? I don't know. So just like with any movie reviews, I think there's a certain amount of, oh, um, a big-ass grain of salt that you right. have to take with these things. And especially being as early as this is and with the planned reshoots. Yep. Um, it's not really changing my opinion of this. I've already expected this movie to not be as entertaining to me as the first one, mm-hmm. just because it lacks the newness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm preparing myself for that. And that's a theme I'm sensing. I'm, I'm pessimistic about a lot of movies this year. But um, <laughs> this is yet another one. So this doesn't really change my opinion or my how much I'm looking forward to the movie going in. Um, but And also, I'm not surprised by this whatsoever. Yeah. Well, to one other movie I know you're pessimistic about this year, uh, Grindelwald released the trailer. Fuck me. <laughs> one of these days, we're going to block off like most of a show, and I'm going to tell you all the reasons why this movie fucking sucks. <laughs> wow. But for now, for now... It already sucks. That's huh? not the news. That's so... <laughs> sorry. That was just a little outburst. Um, tell us about your news about fucking Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you now. <laughs> well, tell the people at home. I'll turn my mic off for a second. <laughs> he left. Thank God. While he's gone. He's being a little prick about this. So yeah, Grindelwald. Release trailer. Pretty short. You get to see the characters. Dumbledore's in it. It's at Hogwarts. Um, there's the little green plant guy. That's about it. I mean, it didn't really... It just tells you. I mean, it's literally the fucking <laughs> synopsis. It's just like... Dumbledore is helping to track down Grindelwald for the crimes he's committed. I mean, there's really not much you can say about this. The thing people are freaking out about is one of the scenes that, so they show Hogwarts and then someone apparates into it and people are freaking out because people can't apparate onto the, onto the Hogwarts grounds. So people are like, oh my God, they can't do that. Maybe they could, back, maybe they could back then. It's no, the past, right? It's always that there's, there's been people taking screenshots of what JK Rowling said and stuff in the book. And it's always been where you couldn't. Oh, well, I guess I don't know. Yeah, so J.K. Rowling rolled, wrote her own plot hole. It's almost like the uh, author of the books is making shit up as she goes. <laughs> so, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to see kind of Hogwarts. Like, I wish they would have kind of done that. Although I did like that they explored the American wizarding world. That's kind of just what I... I don't really care about Newt Scamander that much. Um, I did like the, 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 the brother from the Goldbergs, his character. Oh yeah, he was the the, the nomad in the first one. Yeah, yeah. I, I like. I thought he was funny. I liked him, but I don't really care about New Scamander. I would rather just see fucking all the different all the different areas of the world be explored where you know magic exists. That that seems more interesting than the beast thing and and all that. I don't know. That's just me. Yeah, I didn't watch this trailer, um, not because I care about spoilers, but because I don't care about the movie, and I I am gonna see it. And we'll and I will do my best to see it with a clear mind and I'm not without, gonna let you go. without going in with hatred in my heart. But we we'll see, and we'll we'll explore my distaste for this new Harry Potter series later on. But this is neither the place nor time. Well, it is the place. This is the only place we do these, but it's not the time. We'll talk about it later. But the trailer, people are excited about. I have seen a lot of Facebook posts and things. Yeah, um, where people are all jazzed up. Um, well, it's usually all Harry Potter fans. Exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, you're a big Harry Potter fan. Is this, I, is this I am. getting on your Harry Potter itch, or what do you? are you more excited or less, or what do you think of this? I'd rather read a book. 
Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like the movies I never thought were that great. Um, I liked them up until like the fourth one. Um, and then the movies kind of kind of just were blah after that. The books, though, is the opposite. I liked I liked the the fifth through seventh books the most. So I I don't know. I I don't really care that much to be honest. Uh, the The other one kind of Fantastic Beasts kind of underwhelmed me and put me to sleep at some points. Mm-hmm. So he's he's being literal, people. Yeah, I, I fall asleep during movies sometimes. <laughs> I did it during Red Sparrow a little bit. But you never do during Mission Impossible. Well, ba boom. I did during Guardians, though, and I liked that movie, so I don't know. It just happens. It happens. <laughs> Seth has a movie-induced, what's that word, narcolepsy? Yeah. It happens when I drive, too, sometimes, so that's not Jesus. Last, last, time, last time I ride with you somewhere. <laughs> so for the first time in quite a while, you got to go to a movie without me. <laughs> <laughs> and I and a movie that I didn't get to go to and didn't want to go to. I was going to say, you could have. Yeah. I could have definitely gone, and I would have uh, politely passed up on that offer. <laughs> but you went to The Strangers. Uh, give us a little uh, – you're going to do the explanation, of course. Mm-hmm. But to give us a little spoiler-free review for those who are going to skip that that portion. Yeah. So uh, Strangers Prey at Night is, of course, the sequel to 2008's Strangers. So it comes out 10 years later. Um, you may have heard me talk about in a previous episode, The Strangers is probably my favorite horror movie that I've seen. Um, the original was it was it was different and it was very very scary, mm-hmm. without being too tropey, and without relying too much on jump scares. It was actual like creepy, you know, legitimately getting under your skin type horror, and that's what <laughs> I loved about it. It still scares the shit out of me when I watch it on repeat. So I was very very excited to go to the Strangers Prey at night. I thought, um, you know, after all this time, probably they've got some fresh takes on The Strangers and, and there will be some new additions to the series. Uh, I was wrong. Uh-huh. Um, generally speaking, I, I was not a huge fan of Prey at Night. Um, I found it to be pretty derivative of the first. Um, and so for fans, for big fans of The First Strangers, obviously you're going to go see this. Um, but what I would caution against is... Um, go in with tempered expectations because they're really not trying to reinvent anything here. It's a lot of the same beats. Um, and you may enjoy that. You may enjoy seeing a lot of the same types of scares and the same beats. Um, or if you're like me, it, it may feel kind of tired and lazy. Um, this movie does do what I think the first one avoided a lot, which was a lot of really dumb protagonist actions. Um, you'll hear it when I describe the plot, but there's a lot of things that the protagonists do in here that make you think they probably deserve to die. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So with the added burden of living up to the first strangers, I was not very pleased with this movie. In fact, I was pretty disappointed. In general, though, if you've never seen the first strangers movie, um, I'd actually kind of give this one a recommend. It's a decent little horror movie. You'll have a little bit of fun with it. Um, There's some interesting uh, visuals in it, some interesting music in it. Um, and some some okay scares if you're if you can't see them coming. So um, for the general horror fan, I would say this is a decent um, one to throw in the queue. Maybe catch it on Netflix at home later on. Um, I'm not telling you to go out and see this in theaters. Um, so it's kind of a, a mixed uh, a mixed up version of a recommendation, mm-hmm. um, depending on whether or not you were a fan of of the first. Um, and uh, like like you said, I, I did go to this the other night and we uh, pre recorded. 
um, right after the movie ended, you and I sat down and talked about the plot. So at this time, um, we will be back in just a second. But for now, we're going to throw it to past Seth and Cody talking through the plot of The Strangers Pray at Night. So what I thought was kind of cool about this was that they tried to tie in a lot of the scares from the first Strangers, which was Mm -hmm. kind of interesting. So it was like it was it was rewarding to have seen the first one in some aspects because you're like, oh, I know what that means. Mm -hmm. But also that's pretty much all they did. So. If you have seen the first one, it's easier to not like this one because they just repeat a lot of the same things. Right. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Um, so it starts off with uh, a family, and they, through expositional dialogue, you find out that the the daughter of the family is kind of a shithead, and they're going to reposition her to a boarding school. Um, she has a brother uh, and, and her parents, and so... The plan is for them to, um, they're going, they don't say where they are or where they're going, but they're going on a long long road trip to move the daughter into boarding school. And as part of this road trip, they're going to drive for a day and then they have an uncle who is, uh, runs a trailer park and, um, they're going to go stay at the trailer park for the night. So. What a fun vacation. Yeah, no shit. Um, so they... Um, you find out that the mom and dad are kind of poor and it's going to, and they're, they can't really afford this boarding school. So that's kind of a pain point. The daughter is a shithead and like, likes to smoke cigarettes and stuff like that. And then the brother is like a jock baseball player. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all basically are just walking tropes. Um, so the very beginning, like the pre credits part, um, what you see happen is, um, you see the, the famous truck from the first of a stranger's. The fr- I almost said the first Avengers. <laughs> you see the famous truck from the first Strangers movie. Um, and by the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna act like everyone has seen the Strangers. Um, and I know you haven't seen it, but I've at least described it to you. Yeah. So, the famous truck from the first Strangers movie is driving around, and you see it pull into a driveway. And um, the the truck is left on with the doors open, and the song um, "We're the Kids in America." Oh, Whoa. that song is playing. And so you go inside the house and you see an old woman and an old man and they are asleep. um, But then someone's banging on the door. And so the woman wakes up, goes out to the door and she looks out through the window and sees that the truck is out there. And she's like, that's fucking weird. What's going on? Um, And so she opens the front door, but no one's standing there. So she's like, what the hell? What gives? So she shuts the door and locks it and comes back into the house. And then she hears a knocking on the window. So she turns And there's a figure standing, not outside the window, but inside the house. And you can see that it's a figure of a woman, and it's in the dark. And she says, who are you? What are you doing in my home? And then the lights get flipped on, and you see that it is one of the strangers. It's the the blonde one. And um, the woman kind of squeals, and then it cuts to the bedroom where the man is still sleeping. And... You see um, him, he's facing the camera and he's asleep. And then you see a figure walk into the room behind him. 
and kind of get into the bed with him. And then when the figure lays down, you see that it's the mask of the other woman, the brunette. And so she lays down next to him. And then it does a hard cut and says, like, strangers pray at night. Mm -hmm. So um, presumably they fucked those people up. And then after the credits, you get all that exposition I was telling you about, about the family. And they set off on their road trip. Um, As part of that expositional dialogue, you find out that um, the brother is a baseball player and the sister, the brother and sister have this dumbass um, habit of just like spontaneously being like, hey, you remember that time when this happened? So they do that like three times throughout the movie and they're all like very Mm ham-handed approaches to getting like, to setting something up. Right. Anyway, so... The family gets in the car, they drive all day, and they, um, they're they running late because uh, they couldn't find the brother. So they finally got him. They're running late, so they call and they leave a voicemail on the uncle's voicemail. And they just say, hey, like we're going to be there late. Um, just leave us a key out, and we'll like see you in the morning or whatever. So when they get to the trailer park, they notice that it's like super empty. Like there's no one, there's no cars at any of the, the trailers. And... They're like, oh, what gives? And uh, one of them says, oh, I think it's a kind of a vacation community. So a lot of the people have gone home because it's late in the fall. Um, so a lot of people have gone home. Anyway, so they get to the main office of the trailer park and they go in there and there's a note written to them that says, hey, um, you know, here's a key. You're in trailer number 47. Um, we'll see you in the morning. And it's got like a smiley face written on it. So they take the key and they go to their trailer. And what you notice as they drive into the uh, the driveway of the trailer is that the mailbox of that trailer has the same smiley face written on it that the note did. Mm. And you can tell if you're familiar with the, f- with the movies that the smiley face and the handwriting on the note were written by the strangers. Mm. So you're like, ooh, spooky. <laughs> and so the family gets inside. They get into a family fight like they always fucking do. And they finally agree to... Um, you know, have a nice night together and enjoy each other's company. So they get a deck of cards out and the dad makes the kids give him their cell phones so that, um, you know, they're not going to be texting all night so they Mm -hmm. can be a family. They're all sitting there hanging out and then there's a knock on the door and they go to the door, they open it and it's dark outside, but they can see the outline of a girl standing on the porch Mm -hmm. and they're like, Hey, you know, can we help you or whatever? And the girl just says, is, is Tamara home? And the mom is like, uh, no one named Tamara here. Maybe you should check the other trailers. I think you have the wrong one. And uh, the girl just goes, okay, and turns around and walks off. Now, again, if you're familiar with the first one, that's exactly the same shit that happens in the first one. Um, basically, that's their way of checking to see if anyone's home. Um, they just go knock on the door and have a bogus reason to mm-hmm. ask. So, um, so you know the strangers are in play, and... Eventually, after a little bit longer, the family kind of gets in an argument and the, the daughter says, I have to have a cigarette. And so she goes outside and starts to smoke. Um, the parents are like, well, let's we should go after her. And then the, the dad says that. And then the mom is like, well, no, you're just going to push her away even more. So they send the son out to go talk to the daughter. So the son goes and finds the daughter. And they start having a conversation. And... Uh, you know, they're talking about, you know, give her parents a break and the whole blah, 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 the shit you would expect them to be mm-hmm. talking about. Um, but while they're walking and talking, you can always kind of see figure, like a figure behind them. Mm-hmm. You can't tell who it is. Um, it's obviously one of the strangers, but you can't really see which one. Anyway, so 
they get to talking. They're walking around. Um, the daughter or the son says, you know, hey, remember about that time when we were kids, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and this time the story is about a time when uh, the girl wanted to play baseball really badly, but uh, they wouldn't let her. And it was because she couldn't pick up the bat. She was too weak. Mm. And so she couldn't play. And she was really bummed about that. So after that story gets told, they come upon a trailer that has the door wide open. And they're like, what what gives? So they walk inside. And they are looting around in the kitchen looking for booze. And they find some. So they go to take a shot. And they hear like a whimpering from the other room. And... They kind of do the whole slowly creeping around the house thing and mm-hmm. they open the door and a fucking dog runs out and jump scares you with a bark mm-hmm. and the dog runs away and then they walk in and they like notice that it stinks in there, mm-hmm. um, but the lights don't work. It's too dark. So they go over to the window and they open up the window shades and written on the window is hello in red like mm-hmm. a bunch of fucking times, mm-hmm. which again is a callback to the first one. Okay. And th- because of the light now, so first, the brother is staring at the hellos and being like, what What the fuck is this? And the sister can see, because of the light coming in now, that there is a bloody sheet draped over some shit. And so she goes over and she pulls the bloody sheet off, and it's the aunt and uncle that, mm. um, that they had tried to call before and left a voicemail. They're mm. murdered as fuck. Super <laughs> dead. Um, and they're all stinky and shit. So they freak out, uh, and they run. they run back to... Uh, they go outside and start to run back to um, to uh, their own trailer. Mm-hmm. Now, this is one of the problems I had with the movie. They cannot fucking find their way around this trailer park. It's a trailer park. It's not huge. Right. But they can never find their way around this place. They get <laughs> lost. They get lost trying to make their way back to their own fucking trailer. Um, meanwhile, while the kids were finding that shit, the parents were back home and they were like kind of getting a little sexy, doing a little make it out and neck smooching and stuff (laughs) and then there's another bang 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 on the door and so they go answer the door and it's that same fucking girl again and she's like is Tamara home and um they're like no you already checked here you know she's not here do you need help like we can call someone for you if if uh if you need help and she just turns around and walks off and so they watch her walk off again and and they're kind of creeped out now Mm -hmm. so they're like all right we gotta go we gotta go find the kids you know, because we don't want them, we don't want them outside with some creepy girl. So they shoe up and they go outside and they look around for a while and eventually they come upon the screaming kids who are freaking out because the dead bodies. And they decide, of course, to split up. And the mom and daughter go back to the their own trailer, and the son and father go into the um, into the trailer with the dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, two stories are simultaneously happening now. The daughter and the mom get back to the their own trailer, and they are um, kind of hugging each other and crying and shit. And the daughter kind of looks across the room, and she sees all the cell phones sitting on the table where mm-hmm. they had all left them to have family time. Mm-hmm. But they're all cracked as fuck. They're all broken. And she's like, Mom, what? what? And the, the sister has a bad habit of um, when she's in hysterics, she doesn't say anything. She mm-hmm. just like... She just does that really annoying shit. Mm-hmm. And so she's doing that. And then the mom walks over, checks that the phones are all dead, sees that. And then she she is able to turn one on, even though the screen is broken. So she kind of half-assed dials 911 and is trying to talk, but they can't really understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. But while she's on the phone, out from another room walks the blonde stranger's person with a mask on now. Mm. 
and she's just standing there and the daughter is looking at her. The mom has the back to the stranger person. The daughter is looking at her and going <laughs> like she fucking does. And she just stands there and stares at her for a while. And the mom finally turns around and sees her and starts screaming. Um, and then she shows her a knife and just like stabs it into a table. Mm-hmm. And then they like, ah, and they run into the bathroom. So they block themselves off in the bathroom and the bathroom, don't know why, has a skylight or like a sky window mm-hmm. out of the trailer. And so they bust open that window and they start to climb out. And while they start to climb out, uh, the the bad person is starting to hack away at the door with like some big, um, they got some blunt object and they're mm-hmm. kind of trying to bang down the door. Um, the daughter gets out and is on top of the trailer and she's reaching down trying to help the mom come back, come up. The mom, by the way, is played by Christina Hendricks, who is not a huge star, but way too big for this fucking movie. Um, she was in Mad Men, uh, redhead, like huge cans. Like it doesn't make <laughs> sense physically that her breasts are that big. Um, anyway, so the daughter's trying to pull the mom up and she can't quite get her. And then the the girl um, makes her way into the room and she kind of grabs the mom by the back of the shirt and looks up at the daughter and is while she's staring at the daughter, stabs the mom in the back like fucking 10 times. Mm. And so the mom just kind of whimpers and kind of dies. And the daughter freaks out, jumps off of the trailer and then takes off. While that's happening, it's also cutting over to the dad and the son. Mm-hmm. The dad and the son, basically all they did was go over there to make sure that there were actually dead bodies in there. That was the whole fucking point of their plan. So they walk in there, they see the dead bodies, and dad's like, yep, all right, we'll call the police. So then they go to leave the house, and when they open the door, they see standing in the street out in front of the trailer is the the man stranger. Mm. And he's fucking holding an axe, and he's just standing there still staring at him. So they're like, uh-oh, uh, this is probably the guy that killed these folks, I suppose. <laughs> so they go back in the house. The dad, this is his, um, his, the dad's uncle. So he knows where the dad's uncle keeps his gun. Mm. So he goes and he gets his gun. They go and grab the gun and he basically holds it up to the window and says, hey, I got a gun. Uh, if you don't leave now, I'm going to come out there and shoot you. And so he like does a whole big like, I'm going to get him now. And then he opens up the door and the guy's gone. They have a little back and forth with the guy. He's kind of running around the outsides of the house, banging on the windows and shit. Mm-hmm. And they kind of act scared for a while. And then eventually they just take off running out of the house. Mm-hmm. And so they run and they keep running and running and running. And they finally get to their home trailer um, where the mom's body is. They find that. Mm-hmm. Dad has a super emotional crying scene. Um, and then, uh, but the daughter's gone now, right? She's run away. Mm-hmm. So the... Son and the dad are like, all right, mom's dead. We got to get the fuck out of here. So they get the keys. They get in their van and they start to drive away. And they're cruising, cruising down the street in the fucking minivan when the dumbest thing in the whole movie happens. Um, the, they're looking around uh, the, the side windows, yelling out the daughter's name, trying to find her. Mm-hmm. And you see uh, a body walk out into the middle of the street and fucking hurl a trash can. And it hits the windshield. And okay. What would you do if that happened? Stop. If you were driving and all of a sudden, bang, you hit something. Just stop. Stop the car, right? Yeah. That is not what he does. He puts his fucking foot on the gas and drives faster and also <laughs> turns the car so that he drives directly into a fucking trailer. So he crashes the car. They both get knocked out and they wake up a few minutes later. While they're passed out, though, you cut back to the daughter, right? Okay. And she's basically constantly being stalked by the younger um, blonde woman. Okay. 
And so she's always just kind of running and then way behind her, you can just always see, like every time the girl walks past or runs past the camera, you, you see the blonde come out of the shadows a little bit and then it cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's kind of getting stalked by her. Eventually, I think she gets really close to her, but I think she like hits her and then runs off. Mm. And then you cut back to the dad and the brother and they wake up, but the dad has been impaled by a big ass wood piece of the fucking of the porch. That's too bad. Right? So he's going down. They try to pull it out of him. They can't. They have this really emotional part where the dad says, you got to be the man and hands him the gun. And, uh, he says, come back for me. Or, you know, he's like, go come back for you, dad. There's a whole fucking thing. Yeah. So the son gets out of the truck and takes off. He's going to look for the sister so they can get the fuck out. After that, there's actually a really cool scene where the hooded man, he kind of just walks up very leisurely to the truck and he, or the van opens up the door and just gets in the passenger seat and sits next to the dad. <laughs> and the dad is like yelling at him. He's like, leave my fucking family alone. Blah, 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 blah. And the guy never says anything. He just kind of turns and looks at him. And then he pulls out a tiny little fucking screwdriver. It's only about three inches long. And he just gets him in the neck with it. <laughs> and uh, and then he just kind of turns his head to the side and watches him bleed out. And the dad's doing the whole like g- 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 thing. Um, and while that's happening, the guy just turns on the radio. They they have a thing with music. Yes. Yeah. Um, the guy just turns on the radio, and it's some old poppy song from the eighties or whatever. Is it? I think we're alone now. That one. Um, I don't think so. But that's that would have been a good one. For that's this one movie. from the trailer. Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't see the trailer. I guess maybe it is that song. Then I don't okay. know. Um, I'm sure they played at some point in the movie. I don't recall which of the songs they were. Um, <clears throat> anyway, dad's dead. Mom's dead. The son has the gun, and he is out looking for the daughter. The daughter goes into, this is what's fucking stupid. They keep running outside and every time they, so basically there's a, the, the middle part of this movie is either the son or the daughter will run into a trailer, then they'll have a run in with one of the strangers mm-hmm. and then they'll, they'll hit him and escape and then they'll run to another trailer and do the same thing. Swear to God, it happens four times. <laughs> one of them happens when um, the daughter is in the trailer and she hears like a one of those uh, jack in the boxes. Mm-hmm. She hears it kind of doing its tink tink tinking mm-hmm. song thing. So she goes into a room and sees it, and she picks it up and stares at it for a while, and then it bah! like it pops up right. And so the camera is kind of doing a close in on that, and you see the guy kind of wiggling. Right. But behind it, in the background, you can see rising up from the floor from underneath a blanket is the youngest stranger person. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, here's why that's fucking dumb. Um, the daughter was just blindly running around screaming and just dove into one of these fucking trailers. How the killer made her way in there first, hid, and planted that fucking jack-in-the-box before <laughs> the daughter noticed she was there doesn't make any sense. <laughs> anyway, they get into a fight, um, and the the killer kind of hacks her up pretty good. He gets her one, She gets her once in the arm and once pretty good in the leg, and that's mm. important. Um, she finally goes to do, like, the kill shot, and the brother yells, stop, he's, he's found them. Mm-hmm. And he's pointing a gun at her. So he's got her attention now. So the, um, the stranger kind of backs up and he grabs the girl and uh, they're kind of backing up with the gun. And he's like, I'll fucking shoot you. And the stranger person goes, are you going to shoot me? And he just kind of doesn't. And then the daughter is like, give me the gun, give me the gun. And, and he won't. Um, so he just kind of pulls her away and they run outside. Mm-hmm. So they're running away. And... Uh, the daughter is too hurt to run because she's been stabbed real good in the leg, mm-hmm. right? So she's too hurt to run. So the son basically stuffs her under a porch 
and he says he's going to go find the um, he's going to go to the main lobby and call the cops because he reasons out somehow that every, by the way they've encountered like three phones in this whole night already mm-hmm. and they yeah. all have the lines cut <laughs> so for so for whatever reason he thinks that this one's not going to be cut right so he goes to so he stuffs her under there he runs to the office and he goes in there and it, everything's dark and it's turned off he is able to get a call out which I don't know why they wouldn't have cut this fucking phone wire. <laughs> but he is able to get a call out. He gets to 911, but he doesn't know where they are. He just knows because, you know, he's been asleep in the car this whole road trip. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't he can't tell them where he is. And just when he finally remembers, he's like, oh, it's like, you know, scenic point terrace or whatever the fuck. Just as he says that the line gets cut. Mm. And so he's in there dark and alone. He's got the gun on him and. um Oh, he doesn't have the gun on him. I got to back up. So, you know how I told you they just keep running and hiding in different trailers? Mm-hmm. So, they did that once, and he puts a tourniquet on her leg and tells her another stupid fucking story from when they were kids. <laughs> this one doesn't matter. Um, and while he's doing that, he sets the gun down to help her. Mm-hmm. And then they fucking actually just drive a truck right into the fucking living room of the street. <laughs> Um, they, they drive it right into the goddamn middle of the living room. They freak out. It's actually a really good jump scare because it doesn't even, it doesn't have like a lead in and then a boom. Uh-huh. It's just in the middle of a sentence that they're saying it just bam. <laughs> um, so it's a pretty effective one. And in all the screaming and running around, that is, we can't, we're trying not to get run over by this truck. They leave the gun behind. Mm. Okay. So fast forward to where I was. Um, no gun for the son. He does have a golf club now though. He found <laughs> that in the, uh, he found that in the office cause okay. they sell them. So he's in there and one of the strangers is kind of creeping around him and is holding a knife and he can see her and she's just kind of boogieing around and like doing that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And she finally comes at him and tries to attack Mm -hmm. and he like gets a piece of her with the like gets her in the leg with a golf club or something Uh and he takes off and he runs out to the pool area. And just as he does that, you can see um, the truck is starting to pull up. Okay, so you know the guy's on the way. Mm Mm-hmm. So he uh, walks out into the pool area and it's in the dark. And then all of a sudden all the shit lights up and there's like carnival games and shit out there. And it starts playing a song and it's um, turn around bright eyes. You know that song? Mm-hmm. Um, it starts playing that song. And the sun is kind of looking around, like wondering where it's going to come from. And in a really weird fucking scene, they um, it's almost like they forgot to do the... Um, like the sound effects in it mm-hmm. because it sounds just like a raw recording. Like all the rest of what happens in this next couple minutes just sounds like raw recording like mm-hmm. you would have on your cell phone. So she comes running out from behind something and you hear like the pat, pat, pat of her feet, right? Mm-hmm. And he turns around and just fucking Albert Pujols is her in the side of the head <laughs> with this fucking golf club. Just bam. <laughs> and there's this like, when he hits her, it's just like a, it's not, it's not like a big whomp. Or yeah. anything like that, like you would expect. It's just a little, little thing. Mm-hmm. And she drops and she's kind of shaken because mm-hmm. she got her head knocked off almost. <laughs> and um, he reaches down and uh, tries to take her mask off. And she she was looking like she was dead and she grabs him. Right. Yeah. And they're kind of struggling around and he's able to get her knife and he stabs her like a hundred fucking times in the chest. So one down. Okay. He gets her. He's standing over her body trying not to puke thinking about how he just killed someone Uh and you hear this noise that's like a it's like the it's a a, it's like a jingle it's like a noise Uh and um he looks up and what it is is it's the man and he's dragging the axe behind him Mm. and um 
he walks up and the son yells at him. He's like, I killed one of yours. Um, uh, now, now leave us alone or whatever. And then again, still with like weirdly no sound effects, Mm -hmm. the guy kind of runs up to him a couple steps and takes a big swing at him and you can hear him go like, (laughs) and he dodges it and they get into a fight. And eventually they fight their way into the pool and they have an underwater fight (laughs) and the bad guy is able to get a knife and he stabs the son in the back. Mm. Um, And so the son is kind of floating on his back, like coughing up blood and shit and, uh, Try not to drown, right? And so you're basically just watching the son die. Except mm. the daughter shows up mm. and she grabs him and pulls him to the side and sets him sets him somewhere and leaves him. Okay. Um, the bad guy has walked off. He thinks he's dead. Mm. Um, so the daughter says, um, for some reason I can walk now, even though the whole point of you being alone was that I couldn't walk. <laughs> and so she leaves him there and she goes about trying to get out, mm-hmm. right? So she has... Um, she has a knife on her, I think, at this point. Anyway, she takes off running, and they um, there's basically a lot of cat and mouse here with the um, – they're driving the truck around looking for her. Mm-hmm. And so she'll, like, see them and hide, and then they'll drive by, and she'll run some more. Mm-hmm. Eventually, she makes her way to the, um, to the road, and um, she falls down in the road, and she really just can't walk anymore. And then you see the headlights coming up the road, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, fuck, it's the truck. And uh, whoever wrote this movie must have seen Get Out because when the truck pulls up, what steps out is not the bad guys. It's a cop. Mm. And so she's like, oh, my God, thank goodness. Like, oh, if you're a cop, fucking sweet. Like, it's over. Except for while she's talking to the cop and not getting out any useful information because she's doing her whole (laughs) thing. One of the strangers walks up and slits the guy's fucking throat. So this cop is in the movie for 10 seconds just to get his throat slit. Yeah. She gets in the car. Uh, She runs and gets in the cop's truck. Right. Um, the one of the women, one of the strangers, women, the girl gets in and she can't start the car because she doesn't have the keys. Mm. So they walk up and they pat on the window and they are holding the keys because they took them off the dead. Mm. Um, they open the door. They try to she tries to get in. It's the other woman. Um, she tries to get in. And in all the struggle and fighting, the girl is able to unhook the shotgun that the cop has in his car from Mm -hmm. its hold from its holster. And blasts her fucking out of the car with the shotgun. <laughs> so she's laying on the ground and like doing her old twitchy, almost gonna die thing. The girl goes up and she does take this one's mask off. And just and it's just a girl, regular ass looking girl. Uh-huh. Um, and she's like, "Why are you doing this?" And the girl says, "Why not?" And then the the daughter fucking chucks the shotgun and blasts her head off. <laughs> um, not really like her head doesn't explode or come yeah. off or anything. She just shoots her. She's dead. Two down. Which, by the way, I have a huge fucking problem with them taking the mask off. The whole reason that it's scary is because it could be anybody and you don't know who it is. Right. You know, and it's very creepy. But the second you take the mask off and actually show the bad guy, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the man shows up again and he sees the scene and sees that, you know, she's dead. And he um, starts chasing the girl. Right. Mm-hmm. So he's chasing her in the truck. They keep doing the cat and mouse bullshit. And... um Eventually, the girl is able to get the keys and get back into the police car. Mm-hmm. And the um, the stranger guy, he rams the car um, and disables it. So she can't move anymore. Mm-hmm. She gets out and uh, he keeps ramming the car. And she gets out and she notices that he has, um, he has caused a leak in the gas tank. 
And um, he's also stuck to the car. So he's like trying to dislodge himself from the other car. Mm -hmm. She reaches into her back pocket and pulls out a lighter because she smokes, remember? Mm. And if she smokes, she pokes, you know? (laughs) Um, Anyway, pulls out a lighter, lights it up, throws it at the fucking truck, blows up. Right. Um, So there's this badass shot of her like walking away from the flaming wreckage. Right. And then you see instead of credits, which by the way, this is where the movie should have ended. Mm-hmm. There's more to the fucking movie. That's where it should have ended for sure. Um, she is walking away from the truck and you see it back up and start driving toward her. Still on fire. Super on fire. Uh-huh. After an explosion. Guy's still driving the truck. Uh-huh. So she turns around and finally notices it and tries to run away, but she can't because her leg is hurt. So she falls into the road. Uh-huh. The um, The guy gets out of the truck and he's dragging the axe over to her. And he kind of looks down and he's got a big shard of glass sticking out of his gut mm-hmm. from the crash. And um, he kind of looks down at it and then he looks back up at her and takes another couple steps and then just like collapses. Um, so And he's like feet from her yeah. and he just collapses. And so she gets up, runs back to the road and uh, a woman and her son happen upon her in her car, in their car. Mm-hmm. And they're like, she's like, oh, my God, you got to help me. Uh, This blah, blah, blah. This is going on. And the woman looks past the girl and just kind of like shakes her head no and runs back to her car and starts to drive away. And the girl turns around and it's because the fucking guy is still chasing her with the axe. Don't know why he's awake now and able to move, but he can. (laughs) So he's coming at her with the axe and swings at her. She runs and she jumps into the bed of the truck that the mom and son are driving. Mm -hmm. And she's like, drive away, drive away. They start driving away, but the guy, he gets a hold of the of the tailgate. So mm-hmm. he's he's hanging on to it. He's swinging the axe at her. <laughs> and she is run, rummaging around in the um, in the uh, back of the truck. Mm-hmm. And guess what she finds? Knife? No. Gun? No. I don't know. She finds a baseball bat. Okay. Remember how she was too weak and small to hold up oh, the baseball Jesus. bat earlier? Well, not anymore. She's all grown up. So she picks up the baseball bat fucking jacks him in the side of the head with it and he he gets like and then fucking falls off and rolls and mm-hmm. then you see a close-up of his head um it's a, his whole body's laying there and is in you can see his eye um it's open and you can see it and you're looking for it to blink you're like is he alive and they don't give it to you yeah um it just cuts away so she's driven away with the family right? mm-hmm. so cut to the daughter is laying in a hospital room Next to her brother, who is hooked up to like a bunch of shit, right? Because he got stabbed. Right. And um, she is uh, asleep, and then she wakes up in like a like a start, and she's like, "Oh God!" And she must have been dreaming about the experience, I mm-hmm. guess. And uh, she wakes up, and she like goes over to the sink and gets herself a glass of water, and uh, then she hears like a creak from outside, and she she like is looking around, and she's like, "What? What? What?" Which is dumb because it's a fucking hospital. Of course, there's people walking around in there. <laughs> and then. Um, She's kind of like being all scared. And then she hears on the door, knock, knock, knock. And she's, because she remembers that from before. Mm -hmm. And she drops her glass of water and it shatters on the floor. Actually, it's a paper cup. So it just spills all over the floor. Mm -hmm. And then you, and then the camera zooms in on her face and she's doing like, and then it ends. Uh. Yeah. Then it goes to credits. (laughs) Which I think like that ending would have been more effective if like a nurse had walked in. You know, right. Like if she was like, oh, my God, I'm so scared. And then it was just a nurse. Then you're mm. like, oh, thank God. 
you know. Mm-hmm. But now I'm led to believe that after dying three different fucking times, that guy's still running around somehow <laughs> and just walked into a hospital without anybody seeing him. Right. Like it's a fucking hospital. Um, and so I don't know. The, the thing rubbed me the wrong way because they killed two of them. You saw one of the other one's face and then the other one turned into Superman. Right. And wouldn't die. Like and what I liked about this was some of the callbacks were pretty cool. Um, they were pretty effective at doing the whole, um, you can see the villain in the background, mm-hmm. um, watching and that's really creepy. Yeah. But they're not like, it's not immediate danger though. You know, mm-hmm. um, that was really effective. The, the subtle creepy parts were there again, but they were just a repeat of what was in the first one. Right. So on the one hand it was cool. And on the other, it was just a, just a rehash. Um, so that's what I'm saying when I say like this, um, I think this movie would have worked a lot better if it wasn't a sequel to The Strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, as a standalone movie, this was actually pretty decent. Some yeah. of the scares were pretty good. Um, I was kind of on the edge of my seat a few times, other than the dumb horror movie tropes of the guy never dying and <laughs> right. uh, you know, and the the ones the story that the brother told coming back to save her at the end. Like, <laughs> if you can get past some of the dumb tropey stuff, this is a perfectly legit. I would say like mediocre to good horror movie. Right. But as a sequel to The Strangers, I didn't like it because. Mm-hmm. It didn't add new, add anything new to what was already established. It right. just repeated some of the same stuff for fan service, and that was all. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It's a little frustrating. I'm interested to see and hear what other people think of it because I think it's going to depend a lot on whether or not you were a fan of the first one. Mm-hmm. So, it's going to be really cool to kind of see what other people's reactions are. <laughs> what else we got in movies? That's it. That's it. Goodbye. All right. Let's... See you next week. I don't know what the fuck that was, but let's that, go to TV. That was the end theme song. God. <laughs> That's what she said. TV. TV news. Do we have any TV news besides No, just corner? corner. All right. We're going to skip the news this week and get you straight into what I know you've been waiting for, and that is Seth's TV corner, a very highly anticipated, perhaps the most highly anticipated. I'm going to go as far as to say the most highly anticipated uh, iteration of Seth's TV Corner that we've had to date in 35 episodes. Wow. Okay. I w- people have been saying that this show is the best on TV. They've been saying that Seth's TV Corner is the best TV review segment <laughs> on podcasting. And so it's just a mixture of, in two Iowa. of the best things out there. Th- it's probably the best TV review segment on any podcast recorded in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. <laughs> I'm willing to go so far as to agree with the people that are saying that. Um, but, the people you know, are saying this. People are saying that. Let's let's finish up with the praise heaping and get straight into the corner. That's in my TV corner. Seth, I want to blow you. Woo! This is us, season two. Ooh, that sound sounds scary. I was going to say, that sounds like it took a sharp turn in season two. Yeah, they're all ghosts. No, um, definitely not scary, but it it did awaken something in me, which is that I apparently have feelings. So oh, no. that's cool. This is us, season two. Uh, it picks up, I mean, right where the last season left off. It, it's the same structure. If you've seen This Is Us, you know that the structure is they are in the current times with the three kids, and then they go back in time with the three kids and... Uh, Jack and Beck, Beck, Rebecca, 
I, ha- I was having the hardest time the other day trying to figure that out. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, it took me the entire time it took me to look it up. And then when I finally pulled it up, you yelled it out. But it was a long time. You named I, every, doing... other, every other character in the show you named. Yeah, I was like, Jack, Randall, Kevin, Kate. But... <laughs> anyway. I think he had a stroke. I did. So I, I've had strokes, I think, watching the show. But, I, I mean... Gross. For, for... <laughs> Hey man, Jack. He he's just he's just the perfect person. Jack indeed. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm gonna keep this brief just because it's there. There is a lot of. Um, I wouldn't say there. There really wasn't any twists and turns like there were last season. But it there there is some plot points that I don't really want to, you know, ruin for people watching it. Uh, I think everyone knows by now that this season showed Jack's death. So that was that was probably the episode after that actually was the so they aired on the Super Bowl for that for Jack's death and then the episode after that was his, was the funeral and that one was probably one of the most emotional uh, episodes of TV I've ever watched. Um, definitely squirted a few tears. Yuck! <laughs> there, there wasn't any squirting involved. A uh, little little bit of drip though. A little bit of drip out of the eye. God, you're so gross. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever reviewed a TV show with the word squirt and drip in it before. That's why this is the best TV <laughs> review segment on a podcast recorded in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'm it's telling true. you. It's true. No one's doing this. So, I mean, otherwise, though, it's 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 the same show. I mean, there's obviously some some new new you know characters, a couple new characters introduced um but it's still about the family you know it's still about about the pearsons and about their relationships in the past and the in the in the current what i would say obviously the performances are great uh sterling k brown is is clearly the best actor on that show and he's he's getting so much recognition right now for what he's doing uh, he just hosted snl which i've watched about half of and he, he does a great job um i would watch anything with him in it from now on, uh, for, no matter what he's in, I, I would watch it. He, he's he's perfect as Randall, and he's he's great in everything else he does. All the other characters do a, do a fine job as well. Um, it's 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 written really well. The show's really written really well. Everything p- is put together super well as well. So like the past and the current all kind of overlap with each other, and there's different themes that go throughout. None of it ever fe- none bleh, sorry none of it ever feels corny. Uh, it's all. The show is a little corny by nature, I guess, but none none of it feels overly, overly corny to me. Nothing feels overly dramatic. Um, yeah, I, I mean, overall, it's just it's just a, a really well put together show. The thing about though, the going forward, because season three was announced after season one came out, is they kind of set that up uh, with what season three will hold, and it sounds like or it looks like they're going to be going instead of going into the past a whole bunch, they're going into the future. So we'll we'll see older Randall and his kids, and we'll see kind of where Kate and and uh, Toby end up, and Kevin kind of figuring out where where his connection with his dad is, and and his acceptance of getting over his death and things like that. So that's kind of what set it for the future. But definitely, if you're a fan of This Is Us, season two was great. I'm sure you watched it along with too. But uh, if you if you have only like watched This Is Us on Hulu, the se- first season, definitely check out season two. It continues the the same level of quality. If you haven't sh- watched This Is Us at all, get on it now because it's incredible, and watch all season all two both seasons at once. So it's great. Definitely recommend it. Is it 
Is season two better? No, season one is still better. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, just uh, I don't know. Season one, it was different though. I mean, they are they are they're the same, but they're also they introduce some some different different relationships in this one, um, and the, and while at the same time kind of honoring some of the ones from the first season. So you would see you know watching watching the show, but it, it's. The first, I, I think I enjoyed the first season more as a whole, but the second season got me in some points, and I think the, the reason for that is because the first season was such a good foundation mm-hmm. that it allowed me to really care about these characters a lot more than I've cared about any characters in a show I think ever as a whole. Well, that's certainly welcome news. Let me ask you this: Is this the best show on network TV? On like the NBC, 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 NBC ABC, Fox, Fox. CBS. Yeah, uh, in terms of drama, yeah, for sure. Well, there you go. You're not going to find a better better show, folks, unless you're paying for premium cable or, you know, Hulu or Netflix or mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazon or any of the other stuff. But still, the, high praise. There, There's actually a, a movie, too, that the, the creator of This Is Us wrote and directed that's coming out this fall, I think, that stars some pretty big actors. And uh, Amazon is putting it out. Uh, it sounds like it's getting some good praise already. A lot of people have tweeted about it. Different celebrities and rev- and critics have seen what for what they've seen so far. Really enjoyed it. So I'd be interested to check it out. It's a pretty it's it's, it's a it's a life it's a, a premise about life. It's nothing that you know. It's it's there's not a crazy plot twist or anything. And it seems like it's just kind of you know good. It looks like kind of a romantic movie type thing. So, hmm. but sounds like people really like it so far. So. I'll probably check it out. Well, very good. You heard it here, folks. Best show on TV. Get on it if you haven't yet. Season 2 is just as good as Season 1 almost. Um, This is us. Make sure you watch it because the Seth said so. (laughs) From their uh, huge day in the NFL, so we got to get over to sports. Sports! And boom goes the dynamite. First day of free agency. We've been waiting on this for a long time. A lot oh, of yeah. pending, a lot of pending trades that were sort of announced in the past were made official today. Um, a lot of players moving around to new places. Seth, I know you got a list of them. What are uh, oh, what are some yeah. of the top ones? So we'll we'll do this by position here. I got them broken up by position. So obviously the first one, what everyone had is the the biggest free agent available this year was Kirk Cousins, and we got some news. That he is uh, intended. I don't think. I don't think the contract is official yet. I just actually just got a notification that he's landed in Minnesota with his family. But he is uh, going to be signing with the Minnesota Vikings on a three-year deal uh, for eighty-six million total guaranteed dollars, and that's the total of the contract as well. So I think first ever fully guaranteed contract um, of this nature in the NFL. Um, I'm excited. We'll we'll see what happens. Like I talked about, um, you know, I think a, a couple more wins are probably in the book books for the Vikings. Uh, I think he does step, does raise them up a little bit. Uh, what do you think about that deal, though? I, oof. Um, I, I'm glad it's not my team guaranteeing $86 million <laughs> to a guy for three years. That That's what I will say. Because if he goes down, let's, God forbid he tears an ACL. I would never wish this on a player, but God forbid he tears an ACL. He gets, he still gets paid like $26 million this mm-hmm. season. So that is right. I, I don't like the guaranteeing of all that money. Now, they probably did what they had to do to get him there, and yep. they thought they needed to get him there. So yep. on that level, I, I do understand. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree with that. They also made a move to – this isn't really part of it. They made a move because all their quarterbacks were gone. They made a move to trade for Trevor Simeon, who was the starter last year in, in Denver, and then got benched and all that drama happened. But uh, Trevor Simeon, I think he's a solid backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, not Don't have to pay much for him. 
Um, so I think it's. I think they're they're set at the quarterback position now with with the moves they made. That's uh, welcome news for Vikes fans. I, I heard a, a funny stat today. Um, since Teddy Bridgewater's knee injury mm-hmm. a couple seasons ago, the Vikings have spent a hundred and ten million dollars on quarterbacks. Sweet. Yeah, that <laughs> knee injury cost the Vikings hundred and ten million dollars. Yeah, and it cost Teddy Bridgewater his basically his career. Yeah, because <laughs> he's that'll be one move we'll talk about. But yep. Um, secondly, there, there was actually some news that came out <clears throat> earlier this week that the Vikings had reached out to this next quarterback, Drew Brees, to gauge his interest and where he's at with free agency. Turned out next later that night he had signed a, or, his, or he did sign because he was restricted, um, had signed a new deal with the Saints for, I think it's two years for like $50 million or something mm-hmm. like that. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, that was an obvious move for him. Right. Yeah, he didn't want to go anywhere. He's he's said publicly that he wants to stay a Saint for life. Uh, actually, took a little bit of a pay cut to do this in that he would have made more money in free agency. Mm-hmm. But uh, I like a guy who's willing to take a little bit less pay to uh, to stay somewhere to win. Um, I like this. It's you know it's listed as a two year deal, fifty million. Mm-hmm. Um, Twenty five of that is guaranteed. So essentially, it's a one year deal with a second year option. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, Breeze is kind of on that. If you stay good, we'll resign you. Kind mm-hmm. of on a year, two year basis. So. Um, I'm excited to see what he does in this dangerous career, but it's good that the Saints have him locked in. I think they're going to be real tough this year. I don't know if you saw this, too. There's a no-trade clause in there, too, so he won't be able to. He, he's staying a Saint for life. Good. I like yeah. it. All these quarterback moves here relate to the fucking Vikings. Uh, the next one I have here is Keenum, Case Keenum, signs with the Denver Broncos. Uh, this is this is an interesting move. I I, I think they're, uh, they, this is a, maybe like a, one-year type thing. I don't know what his deal is, but I feel like this is kind of a one-year and prove it. He's still needing to prove himself. Mm-hmm. Um, rumor is, too, that they're going to be still uh, picking quarterback in the first round. So uh, what do you think about this? Uh, Case Keenum, do you think he's a good fit? I think he's a Band-Aid. Um, I think the Broncos know they're not going to be good this season. Um, they picked up a guy they could get for a year. I think the best thing that could come out of this is Keenum plays really well this season mm-hmm. and gets himself a good deal for the following year. Um, especially, like you said, they're going to draft a guy in the top five or six picks, mm-hmm. um, and the plan is going to be for him to replace Keenum. Keenum plays poorly, they'll get the rookie in there. If he plays well, they'll trade him next season and get the rookie in there. So uh, this is not going to be Keenum's home for very long, in my estimation. But uh, glad to see that he got a deal. I'm glad to see that he's going to get to start. I think he deserves that much. Yeah. Another Vikings, former Vikings quarterback, Sam Bradford. Signs with the the St. Louis St. Louis with the <laughs> with the Arizona Cardinals on a one year deal twenty million dollars fifteen million guaranteed. So I mean that's a that's a pretty that's a pretty big contract for for one year and for a guy who's kind of been in and out. He has a de, 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 he has a degenerative knee issue as well. Mm-hmm. So that might be a little risky. What do you think about that move? I think it's a great move if he is healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the length. Uh, I like the price. If he must have proven to them that he's healthy and can go. That's my assumption here. He must have had a workout with him or talked to him or a doctor had written him a note or some shit. Because this is a deal you offer a guy who is a veteran who can come in and, you know, get you a couple wins um, over the course of a season um, and that you expect is going to play. That's what I think. Um, right. We'll see. I like this move. I like it for the Cardinals. I like it for Sam Bradford. I think he's going to have an opportunity to win a lot of games. I think they've got the weapons around him to help him do that. And, you know, if all else fails, he can just turn around and hand it to David Johnson. So uh, I like it. I like it for everybody. I think this is a good one. Right. And one final Minnesota quarterback piece of news here. Teddy Bridgewater and 
Josh McCown signed with the Jets. So I, it sounds like the Bridgewater deal is could be about $15 million total uh, by the end of his contract, so not much. He's definitely getting paid backup money. And McCown played really, really well last year and led them to a bunch of wins they shouldn't have won. But uh, what do you think about the Jets? There's all, they're also potentially going to be drafting a quarterback, too. Such a clusterfuck. Yeah. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater is not long for the NFL in general. I certainly don't think he's long for the Jets. But also, I think that uh, McCown is also not long for the NFL or the Jets. Uh, McCown is... How old he's is he old. now? He's yeah, he's like old. 37, 8, something like that. If I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of the Jets, I think what they're going to try to do is get, out of these two guys, they're going to try to get one decent starter for this yep. season and buy themselves a year to develop whatever quarterback they draft. Yeah, that's I what agree. I think. But if that's the case, they're paying these guys too much. That's what I, I think. They're Both of these guys are making more than they should if that's the plan. Um, McCown has $10 million guaranteed this year. Okay. Bridgewater, I'm not sure details it was, on it his was like, really. It was $15 million total by the end of the contract, so I'm assuming maybe like two years. Yeah. So which that that's actually that's that's good backup money. If, if it's two years, $15 million, something like that. Mm-hmm. So that, if he's making seven and a half and That's good backup money. I mean, uh, the rookie's going to make almost as much as those guys if it's a first-round contract. Right. So we'll see. Uh, I guess it's a, one of those get a bunch of guys and try to find a couple that are going to work. Mm-hmm. Maybe one of these guys gets released before the season. We'll see. Um, I don't know. It just seems like the Jets don't really know what to do yet at this point. That's that's what the message that comes across to me. Yeah, I've always liked Bridgewater. I think he does have some talent. I think he's going to be more relegated, though, to a, to a backup role for the rest of his career. And he's young. He's still very, very – he's about as young as – these rookies that'll be coming out. Mm-hmm. That, that, I mean, that's that's how that, that's how old he is. I mean, he came out so early too. I, I think that he, you know, he, he he will. I think he'll travel around as a backup, mm-hmm. kind of like a Tavares Jackson type thing that happened too. You know, so we'll see. You know, maybe he'll surprise us and and play to, to that first round level of quarterback that he was drafted as. But I don't know. One last quarterback move here. Uh, Basically, he's been a backup his whole career. A.J. McCarron with the Bengals. He signed a deal with the Bills. Not sure how much it, it's for yet, but to a team that only had Nathan Peterman currently because of the, the Tyrod move. What do you think about this? I like it. Um, I don't think McCarron is the kind of guy that's going to take you to the playoffs, but he has shown talent in spurts. Yeah. Um, when he's gotten opportunities, he's shown that he's capable of making the throw. So I think that he's the starter right now. Uh, what's a shame is they were too good this year to draft um, one of the top guys in the first round. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get a pick that high. So I think that McCarron probably ends up starting this season, and I think that the Bills are decent. Um, you know, we'll see. Maybe he lights the world up. I don't know. But I don't think that the floor is super low with him. I think he's very squarely a decent quarterback, and they'll get that out of him. I don't know what they're paying him, but I, I do like the move personnel-wise. I think that he could be a good fit. Apparently, they want boring white guys in there instead of <laughs> Tyrod Taylor. So uh, this must fit their culture. And uh, I'm glad McCarron's getting a chance. I know he's a guy that's really just been itching to get in games and right. hasn't been able to to this point. So I like it for him. Yeah, he was almost the Browns quarterback last season. Mm-hmm. They, um, tried to, they tried their damnedest to get him over there. Yeah, and then they're even trying to fight him being being uh, released this, this offseason. So... Uh, we'll see. I, I like it. I, I hope he get. I hope he does well. He played really well in the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, not enough to win, but that wasn't completely on him because he threw like seven touchdowns, no picks, bunch of yards. He was completing like sixty some percent of his passes. So he played well, but not enough to you know. And he was young still, so mm-hmm. we'll see. 
We're going to move on over to the running back free agents here. Start off with another Viking. Uh, Jarek McKinnon uh, is going to be with the 49ers. So uh, pretty quick, good receiving back. Um, small dude, but it'd be interesting fit there. They have Matt Breida as the other the other running back who's kind of a more of a power bruiser guy. What do you think about this this pickup for the Niners? I think it's going to look a lot like the Vikings did last year with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon. They yeah. must have, Niners must have liked what they saw in that backfield, so they're going to, I think, do a similar thing. I do think that McKinnon is making a little bit more than he's worth. He got yeah. a pretty nice contract. What was the dollar on that? Do you remember? I don't have that written down. It was, I think it was like $40 million total by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, and so he's, he's going to make a pretty good chunk of change. Uh, happy for him that he is able to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, not super clear to me why the Niners thought he was quite worth that much money. Um, so I don't know. I think they'll have a nice little tag team in the backfield there. Um, what I think is bigger news for them and is interesting to me is letting Carlos Hyde go the, the mm-hmm. way that they seem to be doing. Yep. Let him go to the Browns. So uh, pretty cheap deal, too. I think he didn't get paid very much uh, for what what I think his talent is. I think he's a very talented running back. But he's going to the Browns on a couple-year deal, uh, paired in the backfield with with Duke Johnson. So this this has a lot of different implications here. Mm-hmm. One is just how their backfield's going to look. Carlos Hyde is much more of the, the you know, three down back, and Duke Johnson's a receiver, basically. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that backfield, and what do you think about the draft implications where the rumor was early on Saquon Barkley would be their first pick? I was, I'm, I was still really hoping that they would take Barkley. Um, I still am. I, I, I think... Um, that is a team where he could do well, honestly. And I know that's weird to say about the Browns, but I like the moves that they've made so far, and I think that Barkley would really complete a very, very scary offense. Um, that said, I still really like Hyde. He's played well. He battled through injuries this season for most of the season, but um, when he's been playing the last few seasons, he's been good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think he. F- I don't think the fall-off... I'm not as much of a believer in the sharp drop-off of running backs um, as some. Um, and I think he's the type of runner who could still get a few more productive, really productive seasons. So if he ends up being the starter and they don't take Barkley, I still like that, especially when you have Duke Johnson to come in and spell maybe on some third downs and catch a pass. Um, that said, if they do still take Barkley, and um, who knows what they would do with Hyde and uh, Johnson, um, that is my hope, is that they get Barkley, because I think he's going to be a freak, and I would love to see him be a freak in Cleveland. For I don't know why, but I'm a Cleveland fan this season. <laughs> um, and Carl Hyde's not that old. This is he's coming off his rookie contract here too, so he's actually got he's still in his prime right now. Yeah, um, I think he's going to be. And if if he makes less than Jarek McKinnon, that's a fucking tragedy. That's what I think. Hyde. Yeah. Oh, he definitely made less than Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, that's bullshit. Hyde yeah. is a way more talented, well-rounded back than Jarek McKinnon, in my opinion. So I think that uh, Cleveland is is has done well to pick him up. Also, I I don't agree with the the Barkley. I mean, I agree for it for Cleveland because he's the best player in the draft. Um, I don't agree with it for like fantasy purposes mm-hmm. because that becomes very muddled. I think Barkley needs to go to a team that he can be kind of like Fournette did last year, mm-hmm. but he would be better than Fournette. Sure. Easily. So in a in a world right now with a lot of a lot of new teams and and releases here, uh, one running back that's staying put here is Rex Burkhead. He signed a three year deal with the Patriots, um, but he was definitely a productive back last year. Uh, he was hurt for some games, but uh, what do you think about the resigning for the Pats and their in their running back situation right now? I think they clearly like Burkhead, and they did 
Rex Burkhead, that is. Um, and they clearly did last year, too. When he was healthy, they put him in the lineup, and he got a lot of touches. Um, I think especially with Deion Lewis leaving, he's going to get a little more activity. Um, I like this for Burkhead, and I think he's a good back, so I think he'll have some success next year. Uh, it's strange, though, that the Patriots, uh, it, he's the one that they kept Yeah. of all the guys that have kind of gone from them. Yeah, he was he was definitely, I think, the most— well, Deion Lewis is pretty productive on the ground, but Burkhead was productive on the ground and the air. So I think he's the most versatile back they have. Now it's just between basically him and, and James White. Mm-hmm. So I think Burkhead will get the early down carries, and James White will stay kind of that third down specialist. You mentioned Deion Lewis. He signed with the Titans. So they got rid of DeMarco Murray like we talked last week. Now it's him and and DeMar- or now it's Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry, which is a really interesting one-two punch. What do you think about that combo? Uh, they're going to be dangerous. Uh, I really like Derrick Henry. He was a freak last year. We talked a little bit about him last week, actually. But um, to be able to have Lewis in there as sort of a change of pace guy and maybe to catch out of the backfield a little more, um, I think they're going to be tough. I, I like Tennessee. Um, their offense is a little bit up in the air, but I think their run game is going to be stout. Yeah, I agree. And I, I don't think this really hurts Henry in terms of, like, if you're talking fantasy football, I think it's he's not a passing down guy anyway. So mm-hmm. you can really have both, and I think they'll both be productive. Yeah, and with um, DeMarco Murray gone, I really like Henry as, mm-hmm. a, as a starter. Oh, yeah. Couple new team, more new teams here. Isaiah Crowell, formerly of the Browns, talked about uh, that backfield changing. Now he's going to be with the Jets, so it'll be kind of a, a podgepodge of running backs here between him, uh, Bilal Powell, and Elijah McGuire. Um, all of which you've had have each of have had success on the ground, whether it be in real life or fantasy football. What do you think about that backfield right now? I think it sucks. I mean, they. The Jets are clearly a team that is that doesn't care whether it wins this season, mm-hmm. at, at least to me. So I think they have a bunch of mediocre backs. Um, I'm sure they'll piece together a few good games between the three of them, but uh, I don't see this as a very dangerous backfield at all. Yeah. A few more veterans we have here. One of them uh, is a, has already signed. Jonathan Stewart, uh, formerly the Panthers, is signed with the Giants. He reunites with his old offensive coordinator there. Uh, kind of, They're also kind of a hodgepodge of running backs right now between him uh, Wayne Gallman and Orleans Darkwa. What do you think about that backfield this year? Um, I like it for Stewart. I think he's a good power back, something that they haven't had in a long time. And I, I'm hoping that the Giants are going to try to run the ball more than they have in past seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Stewart probably ends up getting that starting job, but I could see one of those other two guys emerging as the change of pace or third down guy because Stewart's not really a three down back. Um, but I hope he has a nice little season. He's one of those guys that always uh, always runs very physically and very hard. So I think he'll be a good addition to what I think is kind of a weak-ass, skinny-legs Giants team right now. Yeah. One other piece, uh, one other power back that is kind of a just – I just read this here just not too long ago. Uh, Frank Gore is close in agreement with the Lions. So oh, I love that. Yeah, that backfield's pretty open. It's just really him, and it'll be him and Amir Abdullah. So I love that. That'd be really interesting. And then one one last uh, running back here, one last uh, veteran running back here, is Adrian Peterson. He's being cut by the Cardinals. Um, he it, he potentially might get re-signed by them for cheaper money, but do you think? Do you, I mean, he he's productive last year. I mean, he had some good games. What do what do you think about his future? Do you think he should go back to the Cardinals, test it out somewhere else for less money? Um, I really don't have any thought about Peterson. I, I think he's I think he's pretty close to done. He'll mm-hmm. he'll I mean he's probably got one or two more hundred yard games in him or whatever and a couple stiff arms, but I don't think anyone's gonna 
if anyone picks him up, it's going to be for very, very cheap, and mm-hmm. I don't know if that's what he wants. Yeah, I don't know. So I could definitely see a retirement this summer for him, um, or you know, he'll get signed to a one-year deal on some mediocre team. Um, I I don't know. With David Johnson coming back, I don't think there's no a role, there's not a role there for for Peterson. I don't think right. Um, but I don't know. Maybe some other team will want to bring him in to help groom a young guy. Right. Let's move on to the wide receivers. The biggest wide receiver signing was Sammy Watkins, his signing or his sign with the Chiefs. So that kind of completes their actually somewhat now of a of a dangerous secondary between him and uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. They've they've improved in that area. What do you think about that signing and the Chiefs' offense this year? I like what it means for Mahomes. Um, he you know he's going to be the first season as a starter. Um, I think that. He won't have the excuse some guys have, which is I have shit receivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that if he can put it anywhere near these guys, they'll be able to come down with it. If he can throw a deep ball for the life of him, they've got certainly enough speed. Yeah, um, I, That could be a dangerous offense. It's all going to come down to Mahomes, though, how these guys turn out. Yeah, his game is, is he has a strong arm, so I think that he'll be able to get it down to him. The Probably the second biggest receiver signing was Allen Robinson. He, got, he signed with the Bears. They now have him. Cameron Meredith and Taylor Gabriel. He signed. He's kind of a one of those guys that's been filled in roles with teams, and he's been pretty good. But um, so they've improved their offense a bit here. What do you think about them going? Oh, actually, they also signed a tight end, Trey Burton from the Eagles, who had some good games last year with them too. Uh, he's, what do you think about that? What do you think about their future this season? I I don't think much of them. Um, I I like Trubisky trending upward this season, um, but. They'll have a new offensive coordinator this year. Um, we'll see. I mean, they they certainly could be dangerous. They've got the f- the physical ability. I think it's going to come down to scheme, and they play in a tough division to score in. You know, right. you got the Vikings, uh, Detroit, and the Packers defense has been better in recent years. So, um, I, they'll be improved. Yes, I think they will be improved, but uh, they're not scaring me. Right. Yeah, I think they'll be better. I think they'll ride off a few more wins, but see what happens from there. Uh, Danny Amendola, Patriots receiver, last couple years, and was formerly a Ram. Uh, he is signed with the the Dolphins, who lost Jarvis Landry. So, what do you think about that that kind of switch and and how it works for their receiving core? I mean, both are pretty talented receivers. Uh, what do you think about that? They are both good. I, I still I think this is a downgrade a little bit, just yeah. physically. Um, I think Landry was just a physically more gifted receiver. Um, I do like Amendola. He's very trustworthy when he's healthy. That's the trick is can they keep him healthy? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that Landry's move to the Browns will see him be more productive than Amendola's move to the Dolphins. Yeah. Um, I think between the two, Landry has the better year. I think Amendola, I think he is getting near the point where he's just lucky to get signed again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't expect much out of him this year, or the Dolphins in general, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, I agree with that. One more signing here for receivers, Dante Moncrief, formerly of the Colts. Uh, pretty solid role guy. He was, he's always had some, some good games, uh, especially when Andrew Luck is healthy. But he signs with the Jaguars. Uh, they also re-sign Marquise Lee. So they got Marquise Lee, who had a really good season last year. He was really solid. Uh Dante Moncrief, Alan Hearns, and a good young fast guy in Keelan Cole. They got a pretty young and, and quick receiving core. What do you think about them and their offense this year? Uh, I like it. I think they got a good thing going. It's it always comes down to the quarterback though. Bortles has to has to make a progression this season um, if they're going to be competitive. You know, they they play in such a tough division. 
that they can't really afford to for him to suck. Mm-hmm. You know, he has to come with it. Uh, And I like this team to get back in the playoffs this year because they have such a great defense and their offense has been doing enough. Mm -hmm. If their offense can step up and make um, and make an improvement on last season, I could see him uh, again being up near the championship game. Um, And I I do like Moncrief just as another option, a trustworthy guy, good hands guy. Um, He's not going to he's not going to freak out and go for 300 yards anytime soon, but a guy that you could trust on a third down. Um, and that's good for Bortles. He needs that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's the type of guy that'll get you five or six catches a game, 80 or so yards, and sometimes a touchdown. He's got good hands. So, mm-hmm. but probably the biggest bit of receiving news of that kind, receiver news that kind of got uh, some people off guard was Jordy Nelson. Uh, he got cut by the Packers. Uh, he's towards the end of his career, of course. He's like 33, something like that. Um, they made way, really, because they signed. Uh, receiver slash tight end Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. What do you, a couple things on this? One, uh, what do you think about Jordy Nelson? Where do you think he goes? Early early signs of the Raiders are pushing hard, but he, there's nothing confirmed yet. Where do you think he goes? Where would you like him to go? And what do you think about the Packers? And and do you think this is an upgrade with Jimmy Graham and t- getting getting rid of Jordy, or do you think that this is something that they should have maybe thought about a little more? So for Nelson, um, I, I like him on the Raiders. I think that. Um, that gives them a pretty dangerous trio of wide receivers, mm-hmm. um, possession guys, really. And as far as do I think that's the right fit for him, I do think the Raiders will be a winning team. Uh, really, I just want to see him go to a winning team. I like Jordy Nelson. Um, honestly, and this is a bit selfish of me, but I would love for the Rams to take a look at him. Yeah, I think they could definitely use a veteran, uh, you know, very, very trustworthy hands guy. He's got some speed to mm-hmm. him. Kind of the complete package. Um, I would love to see the Rams uh, take a shot at him. I don't think they have the cap space to do it. Um, I think uh, Arizona is a team that could maybe mm. uh, benefit from a guy like him. The Niners could always use more uh, experience on that team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of teams that could use a guy like him. It's really going to be a matter of what the market is for him. Right. What kind of money is he expecting and who's got that cap space? I think he'll still get paid uh, because he, when Rodgers was in there last year, he was very, very productive. Mm-hmm. He was still one of the top top 10 receivers, and then Rodgers went out and that went away. I think we talked about the other night, the Patriots would be another very, very interesting spot for him. They do love their white guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can definitely see them uh, them taking a look. Uh, with him and Brandon Cooks, who had a, had a solid year last year, and who knows about Julian Edelman. He had a pretty down year, even when he was healthy. Um I think that could that could be an interesting move for him still because he's still got quickness on him. So, yeah, but for for the Packers, um, I I kind of see this as a wash, really. Yeah. Um, I think that Devontae Adams is going to step up yeah. and really fill a lot of what Jordy Nelson's role was. Um, he's a really good. I think he's going to have a really good year as more of a focal point of that offense. Mm-hmm. What I think Graham does is, if you're inside the twenty now, you're giving up points. Yeah. Um, to the Packers because Rodgers is as good as anybody in the red zone, and so is so is Jimmy Graham. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is going to be something that is a really dangerous. I could see them, you know, connecting for ten or twelve touchdowns this season. Um, maybe not a ton of yardage for mm-hmm. Graham, but I think that when they get down close he's going to be who they're looking for. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he could be a real disruptive force mm-hmm. for any team he's playing. I'm not happy about it with being a Vikings fan. <laughs> so, talk, again, talking about Jimmy Graham and, and the tight ends, uh, a couple t- couple veteran tight ends got released here uh, today as well. Eric Ebron and Julius Thomas both released. Uh, Ebron with the, the Lions and uh, Julius Thomas with the Dolphins. Out of these two guys, where do you think, who do you think lands the in the best position? And... Do you think that these guys can still be productive? 
Um, I'm not a believer in either of these guys. Um, I could see either of them being like a second tight end in a lot of places. Mm -hmm. Thomas because of his age and health and Ebron because of his lack of talent. (laughs) Um, I think it's more likely that Ebron gets another chance at being a starter, being younger. Um, And he has shown flashes. He was a former first-round draft pick. Yeah, which was a stupid-ass pick even then. Um, But everyone was trying to ride the whole Gronk, Jimmy Graham excitement that Mm -hmm. was going on at the time. But... um, yeah, I think Ebron is more likely to get a second chance, and if he does, I think he's more likely to capitalize on it. I've never thought much of Julius Thomas, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So if he does get signed, I think it'll be for low dollars um, as more of a role player. Yeah, I'd agree with those. Finally, we'll get to the some of the bigger defensive uh, moves here, some of the kind of star names. We'll start off first with one I know that was kind of kind of stung you a little bit with Tremaine Johnson. I know it's a guy you really liked with the Rams. Uh, he signed with the Jets for some pretty big money, which I know the reason the Rams didn't sign was because he was going to garner a lot of money. So mm-hmm. um, what do you think about th- this move to the Jets? Uh, what do you think about Tremaine Johnson as a player, as a whole? Do you think he'll thrive as being the guy now on, on a defense? Um, I don't because it's the Jets. And uh, I'm, I'm happy for Johnson. Uh, I think he deserves what he's getting, and I think that um, he's psyched to have gotten his money. Mm-hmm. This is a classic move for a corner. Um, you go to where the money is, and it's a losing team that sucks. And because they suck, there's going to be more strain on him. Mm-hmm. He, won't, he won't be able to perform as well, and um, he'll, his career will kind of peter. Um, we've seen this happen 100 times before. I think Johnson is another case where this goes on. Um, I think the Jets' defense is not good, and he's he's going to be the number one guy every week. And without the help of the talent that the Rams had at safety and the pass rush that the Rams had, I think that I'm not saying that he's going to be exposed because he is not as talented as we think. I think he's going to be so overloaded um, that he's going to he's going to get beaten a lot more often than he did uh, in L.A. Um, so I don't know if he if he if he went there because he thought he could get wins he's going to be mistaken. But I'm glad he's going to get his dollar bills, which is really all you can do. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I mean, the thing about when when you're a cornerback like that is you have to prove it in your first few games. Mm-hmm. And if he gets exposed in those first few games, uh, his career is unfortunately going to go down uh, a pretty don't go down pretty quickly unless he gets some help there. So one other uh, big name cornerback here. Richard Sherman, we talked about, was released, or going to be released at the time from the Seahawks. He has uh, quickly signed with the 49ers for some decent money. 49ers are a team that are on their on the upswing. Uh, their defense is one area that kind of lacked last year. Uh, is this remaining in, in your division there, is this something that makes you a little bit more worried about the 49ers? What do you think about that team as, as a whole this year? No, um, I'm not more worried about the Niners than I was. I've already been given, you've heard me before, given the Niners a lot of respect going into the season. I think that they do have an uptake. I don't think Richard Sherman makes a huge difference to that yeah. team. I think his advantage is psychological. Even before he got hurt last year, he, he wasn't as good mm-hmm. as he has been. Um, the game has caught up to him. Now, he's still a very good corner, mm-hmm. but he's not the shutdown guy that he was in years past. Right. So. I, he doesn't. He, I'm not afraid of him. I, I don't think that the Rams will be. Um, so in terms of them threatening the Rams for the division, I don't think this changes anything. Right. I do love the move though, because he's come out and said that he went to the Niners on purpose because he knew he could <laughs> play against the Seahawks. Right. And I fucking love that. Yep. That's what I've always loved about Sherman is he's honest about where his heart is, and mm-hmm. um, when he does play against Seattle, I'll be definitely rooting for him to kick some ass. Yeah. And then one last big-name cornerback to sign, Malcolm Butler, uh, signed with the Titans, again, for some good money. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a guy who was benched in the Super Bowl. 
and didn't play a snap in the Super Bowl. So he, you know, he kind of lost the confidence at the end of the year. Um, he he was looked at as the guy there in, in New England for a bit. Do you think that this the Titans maybe overpaid for him and and are looking too much into him, or do you think that this is a good pickup for them? I think that with Butler, a lot of what has happened since is because of the pick, right, in the Super Bowl. I agree. Um, the following year he was a starter. I thought that was a little crazy. Um, now that he's being paid so much and he's going to go be a starter again, uh, good on him for being able to capitalize on what was a great play. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they're going to get their money worth out of him. Probably not. Now, where he does have an opportunity here is the rest of that secondary is very good. So he could have success just by virtue of the fact that he's part of a great team and a great defense and a great mm-hmm. secondary specifically. So I do like the Titans. A lot of conversation has been made already about whether the Titans or the Rams have the best secondary in football right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I say Rams, but that's me being selfish. <laughs> um, so I think this is a good place for Butler. I'm glad he's getting his money. He's going to have a chance to succeed, and this is where we're going to get to see him prove it, I think. Right. A couple guys, a couple big-name guys who got released here. Uh, Tyron Matthew and I can't say his name ever. And this is even worse. (laughs) Fuck me. Ndamukong Sue. There we go. That works. There you go. You got it out. Yeah. Uh, Both guys who've who've warranted some big money in the past. Star players, star names. And both are free agents right now. Uh, Both will obviously be picked up soon. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's not a question. My question is, what what teams do you see them going to that are are the best fits? And who can afford them? This is tough because I think for both of these guys, now the reason the reason that um, the Honey Badger got released from Arizona is because they wanted him to take a, take a pay cut, yeah. and he wouldn't do that. Yep. I think if he wants to play next season, he needs to be willing to take a pay cut because he, I don't think he's going to command the money he has in the past. From what I've heard, actually, he's going to end up getting more money um, in free agency than he really? would have gotten out of the Cardinals. Yeah. See, that surprises me because he that defense in general has kind of taken a step back in years in recent years, mm-hmm. and he has aged during that time. I don't know that his production has gone down. But I know it's just tougher to get big contracts when you're older. So I think that it's been a really good market for the secondary already. So he could benefit from that. Or it could be that um, teams who need a safety have gotten it. Mm-hmm. And they're not willing to pay as much. Um, I think the same is true for Sue. I think that um, to the extent that teams have really been desperate for a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. they've gotten them. Yeah. So I don't think the desperation is there that warrants huge contracts. Um, for both of these guys, what I hope that they're able to end up doing is be willing to take a little bit less money to go to a contender. Mm-hmm. They're both guys I would like to see on a winning team. Um, if the Rams weren't running the 3-4, I would love for them to consider Sue to put alongside Donald. That would oh, be God. scary as shit. Yeah. Um, and the same goes for, for the Honey Badger, um, but the Rams are already pretty solid at safety. But I think that there are teams that will find them as a need, and I think they both have potential to have really good years as long as they're able to take maybe a couple dollars less than they want to go to a, a an already good defense. I think they're more of an add-on to an already good defense than they are um, stars of a defense. Yeah. I mean, I could even see someone like uh, the Honey Badger. We'll just go with that because that's easier. Uh, maybe even go into like Seattle. You know, if they, mm-hmm. if kind of a as a reverse Sherman type thing. You know, yeah. Um, Sue, I, I mean, Sue could go to a number of places. I, I think for him, it's going to be more about money, um, even even more so than the Honey Badger, just because I know the Honey Badger wants wants some money, but Sue is has always been kind of that money guy. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, the last thing here is not really nothing that impacts the uh, 
free agency or anything like that. But Joe Thomas, who long time left tackle the Browns, officially called it quits this year. He's been kind of going back and forth for a few years and finally had a injury and ended his streak of uh, consecutive games for starting. Um, my question here is, do you think he is a Hall of Famer? Do you think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame? Um, and... I mean, what do you think this means for the Browns and their offensive line, too? That is a huge gap to fill. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about a guy who went 10 entire seasons without missing a snap. Right. And you, you don't get that. And he was a left tackle. Yep. So you're talk- that's, the blind- that's the most important part of that offensive line, and they've not had to think about it since you and I were in middle school. <laughs> right. So. And he was clearly regarded as the best left tackle in football. Yeah. Which Multiple is one of the most difficult the positions to play mm-hmm. and he's playing on garbage cleveland this whole time mm-hmm. um and makes 10 pro bowls in his career i think he's a shoe in for hall of fame first ballot i would even say okay um i think he's one of the, i think he's probably one of the five or so best offensive linemen in our lifetime yeah um what's a shame is that he was never able to play on a good team that right. that i think is if there is a knock against him in terms of getting in the hall of fame it would be his lack of playoff experience and those things but um on an individual basis he's been fantastic i hope he goes in he's one of those guys you know, you don't see him uh, popping bottles online. <laughs> right. You, you don't hear him bitching about how much money he makes. He just goes and does his job. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's one of one of the good men in the NFL that are becoming fewer and farther between. So I, I hope they recognize him as soon as as soon as possible with the Hall of Fame berth. And I, I do think he gets it. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think he gets in. I don't know if it's first ballot. Maybe kind of one of those guys that goes in second or third year of eligibility. Uh, just because he was never on a Super Bowl team and actually uh, or even made the playoffs. <laughs> um, the, one stat I read, actually, never started his career 1-0. Wow. Yeah, that's difficult. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. But he had, a, he had a legendary career, and uh, he definitely, you know, definitely deserves all the accolades he got. So. Mm. Well, it is only day one of free agency, and, yeah. and already we've had a ton of moves. I'm sure that more will trickle in as time goes on, and, and you'll hear about all of them from us here on the SoCo Show. So make sure you stay tuned um, to hear about all the moves. Uh, the NFL certainly doesn't stop in the spring and summer. I know we'll have uh, the draft before too long mm-hmm. and then camps, and uh, and we'll have all the news. Um, we'll also, in sports, uh, start to get into a little more basketball conversation as the playoffs come up. Uh, I know baseball is fixing to start back up here soon, too. So um, definitely no shortage of sports news. Um, so make sure that uh, you're checking out the sports section as time goes on. That's going to do it for the show this week. Don't forget audibletrial.com slash SoCo for 30 days and a free book. Um, Make sure you hit the link in the description for all that fun free stuff. Um, Get to over to YouTube. Jared Buckendall's channel is where you'll find the ride home. This weekend, uh, Seth and I are going to see Tomb Raider. Very excited about that. I'm sure we'll have a lot of thoughts, um, including what it means for video game movies going forward um, as part of the ride home. So make sure you check that out over the weekend on Jared's channel. Um, I know Jared is doing hella reviews, as always, um, but he's on a trip this week. So might not be any fresh reviews up during the week this week, um, but you can certainly check him out on the Stardust app. Um, He's at Jared Buckendall there as well. Stardust, if you don't know, is a short-form movie review kind of um, snippet quick hit review type thing um so jerry's been doing his thing on there as well so make sure you're checking that out um i'll throw a link down below in the description for that as well but that's going to do it for episode 35 seth Ott and cody michael signing off we will see you next week bye